In our industry, there are few things more beautiful than a perfect pairing. Yelp Guest Manager has officially integrated with Reserve with Google, creating the largest consumer network in the U.S. Leverage Yelp Guest Manager to offer reservations, next-gen waitlist, and take out to 64 million more consumers than OpenTable. To supercharge your restaurant's marketing and operations, visit restaurants.yelp.com today. Comscore Media Metrics, based on Yelp Guest Manager, reserved with Google, and OpenTable monthly average number of visitors in the U.S., 2022. Now here we go. Everybody's got a decision to make on how they spend their money. If you want to insure 100%, I think that you're actually doing yourself a bit of a disservice. Sometimes there's a value in having a little self-retention. It almost gives you more skin in the game. I'm the insurance guy. I had my own insurance office for a decade. There were personal items that I chose not to insure as, say, like an additional rider on my homeowner's policy. Not because I didn't think that there was value in doing it, but I just didn't feel like spending the money on it. The likelihood of me doing that at the end of the day, I worry about the big dollars, not so much the small ones. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators. Served up on the house. As restaurateurs, we're obligated to know everything about everything, because what we don't know could hurt us. This is rarely more true than with restaurant insurance. Having the right coverage can mean the difference between a second chance and a final chapter. Today, we sit down with John Cassetta of CoverWallet to discuss the coverage we need and the mistakes to avoid when choosing the right insurance coverage for our restaurants. About 20 plus years ago, I worked for a national payroll company that got into the insurance business. So I, I kind of got into it purely by accident, but for many, many years, I was working in the small commercial space and decided to go into business for myself. And for a decade, I had my own independent insurance agency that was more leaning towards personal lines, but my passion has always been small business. So uh, when I decided it was time for a change, CoverWallet was really my first and only place that I was interested in uh, considering. The and reason why? I came to CoverWallet, honestly, is because of the people. I mentioned the payroll company that I worked for, and a number of us, for a variety of reasons, left over time. And quite a few of them, including my boss, are now working at CoverWallet. So it wasn't going home again, but I'm working with a lot of familiar faces that I had a lot of respect for. What was it about the culture that drew the culture you in? Is, I guess you could perceive it as a startup and uh, purchase uh, CoverWallet a, a few years back. We'll call it a startup culture with a big company to back it. And it was really exciting to me that it was still something that was very much in growth mode. I like building things. And how would you describe the services for the audience that CoverWallet provides? Yeah, I mean, CoverWallet, the easiest way to describe it, we're an insurance broker. We happen to be in the insured tech space, which traditionally implies that it's you know online applications, no human interaction. You just type in a few things and, and buy a policy. Now, technically, that can be true, but what makes us a little bit different than uh, the rest of the marketplace is we do have a team of advisors that are there when you need to have a conversation with a person. And you guys do a lot of business with the restaurant industry? Sure do. It's been a big focus of ours. And let me ask you, in your experience, how do most restaurateurs view insurance? Well, you know, I'm going to give you my own personal opinion on insurance, and then we can kind of apply that to some of the restaurateurs. I mean, insurance 
I think for most of us, is something you hope you never need, right? You pay for it. Nobody enjoys writing the check, myself included, you know, whether it's health insurance, auto insurance, home insurance, nobody likes writing the check. But when the time of need arises, you're glad that you have it, right? And I think in the case of a lot of restaurant owners, they have a similar process. They've invested a lot of their blood, sweat, and tears in building this experience for people. And they don't want to see that left to chance. So they hate writing the checks, but they're glad it's there if something were to happen. What should one's relationship as an entrepreneur be with their insurance company? I mean, is it really that kind of one-click thing? How often should you be reviewing your policy? There's no singular answer on the frequency, but I personally do not think that anybody should just click without having a conversation with a person. And this coming from a guy that works for an insurance tech company. What's really important for any small business owner to understand, and restaurants certainly being a part of that, is a lot of us don't know what we don't know. And I say we because I'm including myself in that. When you're going into business as a restaurateur and you're fantastic at uh, putting together a great menu, a great experience, whatever it is that makes you unique in that space, that doesn't mean you're expert in knowing where the liabilities might be for your insurance needs. So rather than relying on the click of a mouse and hoping that you found the right website, it's good to talk to an expert that's been there and talk to hundreds or thousands of these similar businesses to know what your true needs really are. Well, yeah, because I mean, every business owner feels like their business is a unicorn in and of itself. They are, and there are certainly unique needs. But you also have the opportunity to learn from other people's mistakes and missteps and misfortunes and lessons learned. Something you just said really resonated with me. As a restaurateur, what kept me up at night was never what I was dealing with directly at the restaurant. It was always this fear of the unknown, all of the things that I couldn't account for. Because ultimately, if I was afraid of it, I would prepare for it. So that was never the thing that slapped me across the face. It was always this thing out of left field. In your experience, having worked with restaurant owners for so many years, what are some of the less obvious threats that blindside independent owners and operators? Less obvious threats are sometimes things that I think are masked by common sense. Right? Common sense does not apply in the insurance world. You could say, well, why is it my responsibility that a person who has too much to drink and goes out and injures somebody with their car, wouldn't it be their fault? Why is it mine? Not all states have the same laws, but for the most part, liquor liability is going to roll back to the person who served that individual last with the overserved moniker that, that could be placed on that. So liability is there even when somebody is thinking common sense should apply. Similar things to a hot button lately has been cyber liability, right? Why is it your responsibility as a restaurant owner to protect my birthday, my credit card information, or your employee's social security numbers for payroll, right? Isn't it incumbent upon the credit card company to protect them? Or isn't it the responsibility of the payroll company that provided the app that people can use online to report their hours or whatever? Yeah, there is a degree of that. But at the end of the day, it all rolls back to you as the owner, right? You get to be responsible for those things. You can't just say, well, why is it my fault? It shouldn't be. but And maybe to some degree, it shouldn't be. But do you really want to be in a position where you have to prove it? For the new restaurant owners that you talk to, do you feel like they're prepared? For what life will throw at no. them? I mean, not just restaurant owners. I mean, I'm going to say this for all small business. There is a reason why small businesses in the United States typically go out of business in year one. An extremely high percentage of small businesses are no longer operating after the first year. 
there's a lot of reasons behind it. A lot of it's cash flow management, other factors, labor, you know, whatever. But insurance falls into that. If you are not insured properly and you have a loss that is financially more than you can handle, you're no longer in business. That could be a general liability claim. That could be property coverage because you didn't account for the fact that you own your restaurant equipment. You just insured the building so you didn't have enough to rebuild. It could be workers' comp. Somebody gets seriously injured with a back injury or laceration in the kitchen. There's a lot of things that can happen. And if it all rolls back to you and you're the one liable for it and you don't have the money, you're out of business. Most people in small business America are not prepared. What are some measures we can put in place to guard against those threats? First one is talk to a trusted advisor. There's a lot of people that have opinions. There's a lot of people that have expertise in things. Finding somebody that you believe is going to be looking out for you, having your best interest in in pointing out what those exposures are. What I tell people all the time is there's no right or wrong answer as long as you are making an informed decision. If I tell you all the things that are out there that you need to be aware of and you make a conscious decision, I'm concerned about this, I'm not concerned about that, and the thing you weren't concerned about turns up as being the first issue you experience, you made an informed decision. So you were comfortable with it when you made it, and hopefully you're still comfortable with the decision you made. Outside of an insurance advisor, are there resources out there that we should look to to educate ourselves on this? Yeah, I mean, the internet has a tremendous amount of information, obviously. I think most of that I would consider to be a somewhat reliable source. But if you're just looking at printed material online, some of that leaves interpretation to the reader. I think having a dialogue with somebody is really, really helpful. There are video resources that you know talk it through a little bit more. Sometimes hearing it makes more sense to some people than what they read. But I don't think that there's any substitute for having that, that human contact and having somebody that you trust telling you this is what you need to be aware of. Where's the low-hanging fruit? What are some of the common mistakes that are easily rectifiable when it comes to insuring your restaurants? I think the lowest hanging fruit is the assumption that large dollars are not going to be affordable. And what I mean by that is I have conversations with people all the time and they're like, geez, do I really need to have a million in liability protection when I can get by with 300000 because that's the only dollar amount that my landlord requires, right? Well, just because it's a requirement doesn't necessarily mean that that's your best interest at starting with the minimum. And you do the math in your head. You say, well, 300000 going to a million, isn't that more than three times the coverage? So it should be three times more expensive. That's not the case. And depending on the size of your restaurant, it may be a negligible increase in cost, if any increasing cost. If you're a smaller startup, we might be talking about minimum premium policies where more coverage doesn't cost more than less coverage. That's super interesting. And what does great insurance coverage look like? Can you put together a recipe of what a holistic policy yeah, is? Yeah, I mean, I would say there's two policies that to me are non-negotiable items. You have to have them. The first one being a business owner policy. Yeah, that really is broken down into a couple components. You have your liability coverage, so that's there to protect you against getting sued if one of the guests gets injured. They slip in the parking lot, they get burned by the food, anything else that might happen that causes them a personal injury, that's the general liability part of the bond. The other part of the business owner policy is your property. So you've got stuff, right? You have your building that you may or may not own. You've got equipment that more than likely is yours, plus everything else, the tables, the chairs, the food in the freezer. All of that is going to be property that you want to make sure that you protect. Another component that I think is 
rarely discussed but very important would be the business income or business interruption uh, protection that is part of the business owner policy too. So if you had a kitchen fire, you have no more source of income because you can't prepare food. You still have bills to pay. You have employees, you have the utility bill, you've got insurance bills, you've got food, all of that that you have to continue to pay for. And the business interruption is going to help with some of that cash flow while you're working on getting your kitchen repaired. That's the first one I would say is non-negotiable. The second one is workers' comp. You have employees and employees get hurt. There's a lot of ways in a kitchen with grease and sharp objects, uh, lifting heavy boxes of food. There's a lot of ways that people can get injured in the kitchen, as well as once they're out on the floor, you get a server that drops a drink and slips on an ice cube and they fall. That's an injury. And in the absence of having a workers' comp policy, which in most states is legally required anyways, if you didn't have that policy in place, you're the one paying the bill. And that could be very costly. There's a lot of things that are going to be on an as-need basis. I mentioned cyber is something that I think is a very, very important thing because so many restaurants now are getting into loyalty programs where you're gathering information that's considered to be personal, identifiable information, date of birth, where you live. There might be a credit card stored on file if you're paying to be a member for other benefits. There's a lot of those things that I think people don't realize the true impact of what a cyber attack could be. And the restaurant industry, depending on the source you look at online, is either the number one or number two most targeted small business industry in the United States for cyber attacks. So it's a really, really important thing that not enough people know about. Teamwork makes the dream work. That's why Snibs is encouraging you to team up with a coworker during their buy one, give one sale. For a limited time, when you buy one pair, they'll give you a free pair of their best-selling non-slip shoe, trusted by 100,000 plus workers, the original Space Cloud. This is the most comfortable work shoe you'll ever wear. They guarantee it. Use the promo code COWORKERFC, which gives you access to the buy one, get one offer. Visit snibs.co forward slash full comp and use the offer code COWORKERFC to get two pairs of shoes for the price of one. And what if we can't afford the policy? Let's say that we create this blockbuster policy that's exactly what we need, but we honestly can't afford it. What should we do? Well, the question I always ask people is, if you can't afford the policy, can you afford the claim? The policy is a known expense. I know that my business owner policy will cost X. I know my workers' comp is going to cost Y. Those are known expenses when I'm looking at my projections for revenue. I need to really anticipate what the overall cost is for a restaurant, and insurance is absolutely part of that. Would you still have a restaurant if you can't afford the ingredients for your food? All of this is important. And if you can't afford the policy, you certainly can't afford a claim. I think there are a lot of us out there, since you bring up claims, that are afraid to make a claim because we're worried that our premiums will go up or it'll negatively affect our rating, which seems counterintuitive, right? You get it so that when you need it, it's there. But, oh, if it turns out that she just sprained her wrist, she didn't break it, well, then we'll just send her to urgent care. And it's cheaper to pay the 150 or $200 out of pocket than it is to make the insurance claim, which seems damaged and broken at best. And which should our relationship be with insurance? Yeah, I mean, times are changing a lot, right? All industries are adjusting based on things. And when you look at a lot of the claims that we're talking about, and for one second, I'm going to just put property aside and we're just going to talk about liability. 
know, if it's my restaurant, you slip and you get hurt. That's really a medical claim, right? Look at how expensive medical insurance has gotten, all right? So even though I'm talking to you about a general liability policy, at the end of the day, it's still medical expenses. And with the medical costs going through the roof, that becomes a bit of a burden. Now take it a little bit further. And I know I'm kind of dancing around a little bit, but you'll see there's a point to it at the end. When you look at the insurance costs for your health insurance, your personal health insurance for you, your family, whoever, that's gone up quite a bit. But also in addition to the premiums going up, the coverage that you have has changed. It used to be you go to the doctor and you leave. Then it became you go to the doctor, you pay a copay and you leave. Now people, as a way of keeping those costs in check, are taking on you know higher deductibles. It could be thousands of dollars a year that you pay out of pocket before your insurance policy even kicks in, right? So that's the evolution of the health insurance industry. Now we reapply that back to the general liability world. And as a business owner, when you're making a claim, even though it hasn't necessarily become defined to do it that way, you almost want to have that mindset as a way of keeping your costs in check. Because if you don't, we're right back to the days of going to the doctor's office when you just had a sniffle, you really weren't sick at all, but it didn't cost you anything. So no harm, no foul, right? My personal take has always been, even before all these changes, and I'm talking about myself as a consumer for a second, not as an insurance broker, but as a consumer, I always viewed my personal policies as being there for the doozies, not for the incidentals. Understood. And as it relates to our needs when it comes to our policies, something that I didn't think about enough as my restaurant group grew but was that our insurance needs change over the years. I think that over time, I was a owner of a single unit, a small 900 square foot bar, that I was a member of the community and that we're all on a team together trying to create something cool, but with two locations and then three locations, you begin to get viewed differently. And there are people out there that'll target you because you seem big and successful and wealthy. And so your insurance needs change as your risk profile changes. Absolutely. What does that evolution look like? And what are the issues the bigger organizations face that we should account for? As so we some of it's going to be an insurance answer and some of it's going to be probably a little bit outside of the insurance world. But we all know the perception is if you own a business, you must be rich, right? And never mind the fact that adding a second location might have just added more debt your bottom line than profits, but that's okay. That's how we develop and grow our businesses. And the opportunists don't see it that way. They just see the dollar signs. When you're increasing your potential assets, you're also increasing your potential liabilities and you want to protect against that. So as you get bigger, those dollar signs that people perceive that you have are protected. So that could just be as simple as increasing the liability limits on your business owner policy. It could be considering an umbrella policy that sits on top of that. Umbrella, for the lack of a better way of saying it, is just extra liability coverage, right? Really good way of making sure that your assets are not going to be in play if somebody is an opportunist and they come up with a phony back injury or something like that, right? A good way of protecting against that, it goes back to, you know, have that conversation with your broker. As you grow, nobody wants to spend more money right? Nobody wants to have that conversation with their insurance agent. I realized that when I had my office, I was probably the last guy people wanted to talk to. He was like, oh, John's just going to spend my money. 
the goal isn't to spend your money frivolously. The goal is to make sure you understand that there's a level of liability that you have. Or you know, in the case of property, if your property increases, you want to make sure you're accounting for that as well. But those dollar amounts, they're big. And you want to make sure that you're not leaving that to chance and, and possibly losing assets simply because your limits on your insurance policy weren't adequate. Are there common predatory behaviors out there in your experience? Are there things out there that people just get got for with frequency that are avoidable? What comes to mind for me? And I literally had this conversation with somebody today. They're in the process of getting sued for their website not being ADA compliant. It's a big one. I know people all over Los Angeles that have dealt with it. This guy was in Miami Beach. So it's rampant, but it's one of a thousand, I'm sure, ways that people are looking to solicit funds and prey on restaurants. Yeah. I mean, there are so many things that people, when they hear that there's a change in the law, how quickly did you respond to it as a business owner? And if you didn't, are you non-compliant where they can sue? I mean, there's obviously a lot of opportunistic things out there like that. But just on a very basic human injury level, you look at things like a slip and fall, right? If there's no camera around, if there was no witness, does anybody know if you really slipped on a water spill in the men's room or that you were the one that spilled the water in the first place to make it easier to claim it? Those are the types of things that we have to protect against. And obviously, we're not putting cameras in the restrooms, but not yet. Not but yet. But there are ways to protect against that in other areas of the dining room. And people don't like to know that they're being watched, but sometimes that also keeps them honest. In terms of insurance coverage, is there a type of policy or collection of policies that translates to a good night's sleep? I think we've talked about need to have, we've talked about nice to have. But what does the total package look like? What does 100% coverage look like? Well, I don't know that there's ever such a thing as 100% coverage. And what I mean by that is everybody's got a decision to make on how they spend their money. And if you want to insure 100%, I think that you're actually doing yourself a bit of a disservice. Sometimes there's a value in having a little self-retention. It almost gives you more skin in the game, right? And I'm the insurance guy. I had my own insurance office for a decade. There were personal items that I chose not to insure as, say, like an additional rider on my homeowner's policy, not because I didn't think that there was value in doing it, but I just didn't feel like spending the money on it. The likelihood of me doing that at the end of the day, I worry about the big dollars, not so much the small ones. So that's my approach on those things. But I also look at it when I'm talking to you as a a small business owner, I'm going to make sure that you are informed you know where the risks are, you know where the big dollars are, and we focus on those first, and then where maybe some of the smaller dollars are next. You might be the guy that worries about the small dollars too, and that's okay. So you might purchase more so you can sleep better at night, where I might say, I care about the big dollars, the little ones, not so much. Not because I have more financial resources than you, it's just I might be more willing to take on risk, and you might be more risk adverse. So That looks different to everybody, and it really comes down to if you know what you're deciding on and you're comfortable with it, then you made the right choice. There's no wrong answer. Has the pandemic influenced the insurance coverage in general, especially relative to our industry? Yeah, in a bunch of ways. I mean, obviously, the restaurant industry, I think more than almost anybody else, had to be extremely creative in how they could keep their doors open and be viable and thrive. And it's amazing to me. Locally, some of the restaurants around here, I mean, I'm in Rochester, New York, 
we don't have good weather. We have two seasons, winter and road construction, and road construction only lasts a couple <laughs> months. So a lot of the options for outdoor dining required extra creativity, like sitting in individual igloos with your family. It's like sub-zero temperatures, and I'm sitting there in a nice, in a plastic igloo. Nobody would have ever done that pre-COVID, but now they're like, hey, this is actually kind of a cool idea. It changes the degree of difficulty in some of the things, where some things may not have been necessarily as important. Now they become to the forefront. Things that were very important then kind of slipped to a secondary position, and all that's great really just means you need to have conversations and say, I'm changing some of my operations. What does this mean to my coverage? Your policy might already have that baked into it. Your policy may not. But having that conversation with your agent is incredibly valuable. Let's talk about that conversation. I would assume many of us are sitting here going, man, I haven't looked at that policy in years. How do we know if we have the coverage we need? <laughs> it's almost like you were listening on a conversation I had with somebody earlier today. So for the 20 plus years that I've been doing this, I've talked to small business owners, I've talked to individuals for their personal lines, and they all tell me the same thing. I have insurance. And then you ask them what kind of insurance and like, I don't know. So that's not to say nobody knows what they have, but it's a very common response that I get. And that in and of itself is kind of an issue. If you haven't looked at it in a while, you haven't talked to anybody about it in a while, you really need to do that simply because dollar amounts have changed. Inflation has driven up the value of some of the property for replacement, right? The liabilities that are out there now, the dollar amounts get larger and larger. There aren't too many kindergartners that can't sing the jingles to multiple personal injury attorneys, right? So where it used to be a little boo-boo, now you have a personal injury attorney suing you for additional damages. All of this means that you just need to make sure that the dollar amounts are comfortable limits for you and reviewing it to make sure that you don't have gaps in the coverage too, where you thought you had something and you didn't. The time to find out is not when you have the claim. There are tens of thousands of restaurant owners and operators listening to this episode do you have advice or words of encouragement for them? I mean, as far as words of encouragement, man, you guys inspire me. It has been absolutely amazing the last three years that something so negative and impactful to the globe has turned out some unbelievable creativity in this industry. I go places all the time. I travel around the country for work and I see it and it's amazing to me. And that's what gets me up in the morning and excited to have these conversations. So one, thank you for the inspiration. That's why I do what I do. But as far as the advice, it's simple. I mean, I've said it a few times and I say it because it's important. Talk to somebody that is a trusted advisor. And if you don't have one, we can obviously fill that for you. You need to have that conversation with somebody to make sure that the things that you didn't know you didn't know aren't going to be the things that bite you. Our industry suffers from razor-thin margins, and the only way for us to ensure profitability is to make data-driven decisions. The numbers don't lie, and Yelp for Restaurants just released some incredibly compelling numbers. For starters, Yelp reaches nine times more customers online than OpenTable. And would restaurants pair that level of visibility with Guest Manager and Yelp ads? They experience up to an 8% lift in diner bookings. Think about what that 8% lift could do for your restaurant's finances. To learn more about how Yelp for Restaurants can support your business, visit restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp to learn more today. 
That's John Cassetta. For a complimentary audit of your insurance coverage, visit coverwallet.com forward slash full comp. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.